Welcome to Ed Ideas, relevant conversations for Christian education. As image bearers of God, we have been created to actually carry out this work of cultivation, unpacking, unfurling, so that making is how we be human. Anytime culture is going through transition and there's significant change, you can either look at it as, hey, this is the worst thing ever, or what an opportunity. We know that all adolescents are asking some really direction-setting questions in their life. The very first thing said about us in the Hebrew Scriptures is not that we are bad, that we are dirty, that we are sinful, that we are shameful, that we are anything. The very first thing said about us is we bear the image of God. Welcome to Ed Ideas. I'm Brandon Tatum, and today we have Laura Sandifer. Laura is the CEO, the founder, of Acton Academy, which is actually the largest growing, fastest growing private school in the country. Laura is also an author, and she is fortunately a good friend of mine. I hope you enjoy Laura from the conference stage. Thank you. I feel sheepish being the last person on the stage. It has been such a full, rich day. So thank you. I don't blame you if you're saying to yourself, why should I listen to her? I really am a civilian in this, and I feel like you all are the experts. I'd like to ask a question of everybody first. How many of you know a six-year-old right now? Oh, that's awesome. And how many of you remember being six years old? Okay, <laughs> that's great. Let's start there. We have that bond. We all have been six years old. I found this book on my shelf from when I was six. It's by A.A. Milne, Now We Are Six. He is the creator of Winnie the Pooh, and I wanted to share with you the last poem in this book, entitled The End. When I was one, I had just begun. When I was two, I was nearly new. When I was three, I was hardly me. When I was four, I was not much more. When I was five, I was just alive. But now I am six. I'm as clever as clever. So I think I'll be six now, forever and ever. (laughs) If you stick with me for the next 15 or so minutes, I promise to give you three of my hard-earned lessons through this journey called Acton Academy. I also have a magic secret I'll save till the end that has transformed my life as a parent and also as someone who works with young people. Children, natural learners, they're so full of curiosity and confidence. They make friends easily and with everyone. They ask questions endlessly and fearlessly. Many of them believe probably most of them believe they are superheroes who will change the world. I think it's provocative that Milne entitled that poem, The End. And I don't think it's because it was the last poem in that book. I think it's because he was describing our ultimate end, how we're designed ultimately to be. Like six-year-olds, they create and they build their contributors by design and since birth. Jesus said, be like the children if you want to experience the kingdom of God. 
Maria Montessori, in all her science around learning and human development, concluded, follow the child. Maybe the question we're getting to at the end of this wonderful day is not just how can we move young people from being consumers to being contributors, but really how can we get them back to where they began? How can we help them reclaim their identity as givers and heroes ready to save the world? Now, on to my promises for you, my three lessons I've learned. Number one, tell hero stories. Number two, stop answering so many questions. And number three, let them scrub toilets. <laughs> so if you stick with me, I will explain. Let's start with lesson number one. And frankly, if this is all you hear from me or all you remember from my time with you, I'll be fully satisfied. Tell heroes stories. Children need heroes as much as they need healthy food because hero stories are survival mechanisms. They're vision sustainers. These stories are spiritual food and they move the human spirit forward when all the forces in the world are trying to hold it back. But there's an essential starting point for us with this lesson, and it's how we define hero. So I wanna start right there, because I hear the resistance just about every day, because at Acton Academy, we call our students heroes. And people say, you call them heroes? Doesn't that set them up for failure? You call them heroes? Doesn't that make them feel entitled? You call them heroes? Doesn't that make them feel like they're extra special, better than the rest? No, not when you understand our definition of hero. Our definition actually tosses the cape and brings out the band-aids. And this is because our definition is someone who gets back up after falling down, even if they're hurting, when they're suffering, they get back in the game. A hero is the opposite of a victim, and this is what we talk about every day at Acton Academy. A hero is someone who accepts responsibility. A victim is someone who blames or finds excuses. A hero is someone who solves a problem when they see one or tries to solve the problem. A victim complains that there's a problem. A hero keeps going when things get really hard and a victim quits because things get too hard. A hero contributes what they have when a victim feels entitled to receive more. So very simply, and this is where we can start with this idea of telling hero stories, a hero is an ordinary person who says yes to a challenge, who says yes to leaving a place of comfort and stepping into the zone of discomfort, going into unknown territory. Now, the ultimate framework for telling a hero story is the hero's journey. And you know this whether you've used that term before or not. Think Sir Lancelot and the Holy Grail. Think, we've heard a couple today, Luke Skywalker and the Force. Think Harry Potter meeting Voldemort. Think Nemo. Think Nemo's father. Think Simba. All the best stories and movies since the beginning of human civilization have actually followed the same structure. And it is this structure that actually 
calls to the human soul. These stories haunt us because of this structure. And I want to share it with you so that you can feel equipped when you hear a hero's story or see a movie or read one in a book, you actually can call out the elements and get really good at telling hero stories yourself. So this is simply it. This is a very condensed version. There's a hero, let's say she's a girl, and she's very comfortable in her ordinary world in, at her home. She hears a call to adventure, and this could be an opportunity or it could be a crisis, it could be a problem, and she resists the call. She says no. But then something happens, a mentor or a guide crosses her path. She changes her mind and says yes to the adventure. She journeys out into the unknown. And on this journey, she will meet fellow travelers, guides and mentors. She'll also meet jokesters and pranksters and real monsters and enemies. The three biggies that I think the Gen Z young people face on their hero's journey, the monster of resistance, the monster of distraction, that's the huge one, and the monster of victimhood. By battling these monsters, most of them internal, some of them external, the hero ultimately faces the ordeal and goes through it, comes out the end, other end finding treasure, and brings the treasure back home, ready to share it. What I find so powerful about the hero's journey, these hero's stories, is that it's actually not about the treasure. It's about how the hero is transformed along the way. It's ultimately about servant leadership because they come home ready to share what they have found, how maybe that's even a sense of courage, something inside of themselves that they have discovered. When you hear a lot of hero stories, you become used to grappling with the big questions that these stories ask. Why am I here? Will my life matter? Whom do I love and who loves me? Who will hold me accountable? What skills do I need and which ones must I master? Children understand these stories so naturally, and they're good at asking and talking about these questions. They're ready for battle. They see themselves as willing to fight monsters, and they want their lives to matter. They want to be remembered. So simply talk about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It doesn't matter what discipline you're in, by the way. One thing we do at Acton Whatever the discipline is, whether it's art, athletics, science, history, economics, not just focus on the content. Don't just focus on the content. Think of the heroes that came before you in your particular discipline and tell their stories. Tell the monsters they had to battle, the big failures they faced, the mentors and heroes they had in their lives. And tell your own story. I think this may be the most powerful bit. Think about your own failures, your own fears, the monsters within yourself that you have battled. And when you share those stories with young people, you've got a bond and a trust that is really powerful and lifts them to want to live a hero's journey story just like yours. Lesson number two, stop answering so many questions. I get resistance on this one too, and this was my hardest lesson to learn, I think, because it feels good to be the expert in the room. It feels good to give answers. This is excruciatingly hard to stop answering so many questions because it means we adults have to let go of control. 
and that's not very comfortable for most of us. It means getting comfortable with ambiguity. It means not knowing where the conversation or the project or the discussion or the day will go. Instead of just giving answers, think about answering questions with questions. And I'm going to show you a quick, I'll tell you a quick story about how this plays out um, on a very simple level, and then we can go quickly a little deeper. So a new student comes to Acton Academy, and he, Acton Academy, he came from a school where he was used to being told what to do and having his questions answered all the time. The first day I'm peppered with questions, Mrs. Sandifer, may I go to the bathroom? What do you think would be my answer to that question? Mrs. Sandifer, where is the bathroom? Do you think you can find it? Mrs. Sandifer, when is lunch? Have you looked at the schedule? Mrs. Sandifer, I don't know how to do this math problem. Could you show me? Well, how long have you been working on it? Math is really hard. It takes a lot of time. Have you looked at the instructional videos? Have you read through how the process is done? Have you asked a friend for some help? As the days go by, the questions get fewer and fewer, and all of a sudden, he runs by me and just says, hi, Mrs. Sandifer. He's independent. He has stopped depending on me for little bits of information all day long. And he came up to me and said, it's always opposite day at Acton Academy. That clever, confident six-year-old child within each young person is there. It just takes time to let it bubble up. And when we stop answering questions, they have to start figuring things out. Soon their questions go to much deeper ones, really good questions. They start to get really good at asking questions about freedom and justice and power and faith. And right as they're asking them, you can see them starting to figure out how they're going to find the answers. And that's when the, when the magic really happens because what you see happening is these young people are learning how to learn. And so they know that for the rest of their lives, they can learn anything. And that is power, and that is freedom, and it builds a great sense of confidence. It is the root of curiosity, which is actually holy, because curiosity leads you to God. Contribution requires having a curious mind, and our world snuffs curiosity out. It's not popular to be the one asking questions all the time. But they have to ask themselves, what can I do? What gifts do I have? Where can I serve? And finally, lesson three, let them scrub toilets. And what I mean by this is really let them scrub toilets. <laughs> Give them real work to do, the work that no one really wants to do, because life is messy. And there are nasty messes that have to be cleaned up every day. The minute we start protecting our children from basic chores is the minute we strip away the empowerment to be contributors. It's just part of life. Life includes nasty messes. And work gives a sense of pride. This is another place where I get a lot of resistance. And frankly, I'm the one who resists the strongest because I have said, but they work so hard at school, and school is their job. I'm the mother. I love to care for them. I want to, take, I want to wake them up in the morning. I want to clean up after them. I want to fix their lunches. Kids just need to be kids. They'll have to work soon enough. I have said all of those things up to very recently, and I'm sure I'll say them again. 
But in my desire to love and care for my children, I was taking away something foundational, the opportunity for my own children to give back. Yep, someone's got to stick their hand down the toilet and clean it. But this is what connects us to being a part of a family. It's so strange that talking about toilets would make me want to cry. (laughs) But that's how we feel connected to each other, and isn't this really all about being connected to each other? At Acton, we have something called studio maintenance, and it's at the end of every day for 15 solid minutes, every studio, which is our classroom, elementary school, middle school, and high school, stops at the same time, and they all crank music, and they clean their studios. And yes, someone does have the job of scrubbing the toilets. They actually like it, and I think it's because they get to wear big purple gloves when they have that job. They clean their studios. Even if they're in the middle of a project that they don't want to quit, they all stop because it's time to make our space sacred again. We also have apprenticeships built into our curriculum. So every year from middle school through high school, The young people are out finding a real job in the real world as part of their required work. If you want to see an engaged teenager, give them a job they care about, one that they'll get fired from if they're late one time, one that they're willing to go up to someone they admire that they've never met before and say, I'll do anything. I'll clean the floors. I'll take out the trash. I'll be on time every time. I just want to learn from you. I want to follow in your footsteps. So as I promised, those were my three hard-earned lessons. It took me 10 years to really grab hold of them, tell hero stories, stop answering so many questions, and let them scrub toilets. I do have a surprising twist to my lessons learned, and I'll share that with you at the end of a Q&A time I get to have with Brandon now. So we'll uh, convene after that. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, please hit subscribe and follow our podcast. It's important that we continue these relevant conversations for Christian education.